On the Virtual Bible Study tonight, we want to talk about the end of time, and we want to deal with some folks who are trying to predict that the current events that are happening in the world are a sign that the end is on us, that the end of times is right at our doorstep. We're going to discuss that on the Virtual Bible Study tonight. Stick with us, and we'll be ready to begin our study in just a minute. It's time for this week's edition of the Virtual Bible Study. The Virtual Bible Study is a live, Internet-only call-in program dedicated to the honest study and discussion of God's Word. Do you have a question about something in the Bible? Or are you simply interested in learning more about the Scriptures? If so, we hope you'll stay tuned tonight as we look into the pages of God's Word. The Virtual Bible Study is brought to you this time each week by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. You can participate in the discussion tonight by calling 93 93- 381-381-4567 or by emailing your questions or comments from collegeview.com. We hope you'll take out your Bibles and study along with us as we begin an exciting study of God's Word on this edition of the Virtual Bible Study. And this is the Virtual Bible Study for March the 3rd, 2022. My name is Greg Gwynn. Glad to have you with us on the Virtual Bible Study tonight. My good friend and brother Josh McCord is with us tonight. Josh, welcome. Greg, thanks for having me. And our buddy and faithful tech guy, Kyle Barnes. Kyle is behind the control board. Kyle, thanks for being here tonight. It's good to be here. So I saw a headline uh, this week that really caught my attention, Josh. The headline was, Pat Robertson says Putin's invasion of Ukraine is being compelled by God to fulfill biblical prophecy. All right, now here, here let me read this to you. Uh, Former uh, former televangelist Pat Robertson, who came out of his retirement to weigh in on the situation, sees something grander, even grander in the whole affair, according to him. Vladimir Putin is being willed by God to conduct the invasion as a way of triggering the end times. He says, quote, I think you can say, well, Putin's out of his mind, and yes, maybe so. But at the same time, he's being compelled by God. He went into Ukraine, but that wasn't his goal. His goal was to move against Israel. Ultimately, God is getting ready to do something amazing, and that will be fulfilled. And what Putin is doing by moving as he is to set up Ukraine as a staging ground for one of his armies and then across into Turkey, and you've got the Dardanelles area. It's just going to happen. Uh, so I say, what is coming up? Is Putin crazy? Is he mad? Well, perhaps. But God says, I'm going to put hooks in your jaws. And I'm going to draw you into this battle whether you like it or not. He's being compelled. And after the move uh, into Ukraine, he's being compelled to move on uh, ultimately through Turkey toward Israel. Watch what's going to happen next. Read your Bibles because it's coming to pass. And so... Pat Robertson, uh, who, who's well-known TV evangelist, but I get—I didn't know that he had, I guess, officially retired. But he felt so moved by these recent current events that he came out of his retirement in order to report that he sees this is God working to bring about the end of time. Yeah, trying to stay relevant. You know, don't I, let I, any good I, crisis go to waste. I guess so. So we thought it'd be worthwhile. We just thought we would use that article as a springboard for our discussion because i i wonder if there's not a lot of people who are are thinking the same thing i'm sure as a matter of chance i don't know if people can see this little flyer i've got in my hand or not but in the mail at home today after i had already sent out the update i got 
this little flyer in the mail today from a group I know nothing about, Hepsfabah Ministries in Lewisburg, Tennessee, says Earth's final warning: Jesus is coming. Uh, it, Jesus is soon to come. Perilous times are on the horizon, which will affect every person on the face of the earth, including you. And so, uh, there's another example of somebody who sees these world events uh, coming together in fulfillment of Bible prophecy and as leading up to the end of time. Uh, I don't know, Josh. Uh, I, I, I gotta, I gotta honestly say, I'm not terribly surprised that some people are trying to put that twist on things. Yeah, as I was doing some reading, you know, obviously I wasn't around in World War One, World War Two times, but the same thing was happening then. Every, yeah. even Vietnam, all the things that were happening in the world, people have tried to say they were tied to end of time. Every time, yeah, I remember uh, back to the first Gulf War in the early '90s. Oh, everybody was sure this was it. This was the, the Battle of Armageddon was coming together. That it would soon happen, and that actually turned out to be a rather minor skirmish in the annals of right. warfare history. You know, but every time there's something like this, people are going to jump on the bandwagon that has yeah, end times. It's end times for sure. So uh, earlier today, I sent uh, an email out to our update list, and we want to remind you, get on our update list. If you're not, send us an email to questions at collegeview.com. Just say, add me to the list. Here's what we sent out. Does the New Testament mention or emphasize the subject of Jesus' return and the end of time? Is that a biblical subject? Is the end of time a biblical subject? Number two, can Pat Robertson or anyone else predict when the Lord will return? And then as a sub-question, are you aware of any failed predictions about the end of time? Number three, many predictions of the end of time are based upon statements by Jesus in Matthew chapter 24. How is this text misused by those making the predictions? And then as a sub-question, do you think the entire chapter discusses one event or two? That's a little bit interesting twist that I want to investigate. And then number four, what, what do we know about how Jesus will return and number five what do we know about why he will return what what in fact is going to happen when jesus returns and so those are the questions that we will hope to deal with in our study tonight you can participate in the program tonight by sending us an email to questions at collegeview.com you can you can address any or all of those questions that we just mentioned I got Josh over here monitoring our email inbox, and he'll watch for your email if you send it. We've also got the chat window open, uh, and we'll be trying to keep an eye on the chat room. Uh, so if you have, well, if you want to participate sort of in an interactive live way, uh, get in the chat room and, and join us uh, in that way. You can also call, I hope, I'm not sure I've got the technical ability, but I hope I can get a phone call uh, on the air. Our, our number here is 931-381-4567. Well, several weeks ago, we did away with our toll-free number because we didn't think anybody needed it anymore. So we've gone back to the old conventional phone number, which is the same number just with a different prefix. It's 931-381-4567. All right. So first of all, Josh, is the idea of Jesus coming again and the and the earth will be ended? There'll be an end of time. Is that a is that even addressed in the Bible? Yeah, I mean, so one of the things maybe maybe not the first place I'd go to, but one of the places I thought about was in Acts chapter one. You know, when Jesus ascended into heaven and they were 
you know, standing there, standing there watching for him to come back. Uh, in Acts 1 and verse 10, it says, While they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, behold, two, mans, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, You men of Galilee, why stand you gazing up into heaven? The same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. So that doesn't talk about the end of times, but it says he's coming. Jesus coming back. Yeah, he yeah. left, and he's going to come back in similar fashion. Exactly right. Uh, I just have a quick list of almost everybody and who's a New Testament author mentioned it. Peter says in Acts 3, verse 20, God shall send Jesus Christ, whom the heaven must receive until the times of restitution of all things. Paul said in Philippians 3, verse 20, from heaven we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. John said in 1 John 3, verse 2, when Jesus shall appear, we shall be like him. Jesus himself said in Luke chapter 12, verse 40, be therefore ready also for the Son of Man cometh. And so, I mean, you just multiply the, the verses and the inspired teachers who said that Jesus is coming. So I, I think that it is an important Bible doctrine, and we would want everybody to understand that we believe in it absolutely. There's no doubt in our mind Jesus is coming again. There will be a final judgment there will be an end of time. The physical universe will be destroyed. Uh, all that, We believe all of that. Uh, and I wouldn't want anybody to go away from our study tonight suggesting, oh, they don't even believe in the end times. We do. We do believe that there's an end of time uh, at, at some point. Uh, to doubt that would be to, de- to deny Scripture, uh, to deny God, to make God a liar. Uh, so, you know, a lot of some religious groups have sort of made it, and we're going to talk in a minute about some who tried to make a lot of predictions. Some religious groups have sort of made this their their calling card, so to speak. It's what they're known for. Uh, we'll mention in a minute the Jehovah's Witnesses and, and, a, and a bunch of failed uh, prophecies they've made about the end of time. We don't think it, it. We don't think it is the ultimate, uh, most important doctrine in the Bible. All, all Bible doctrines are important. We're not saying it's unimportant. It's certainly important. We want to be ready for uh, the eventuality of the Lord's return and final judgment. Uh, but you know, we're, we're not in the prediction making business, and we'll talk. Uh, we'll talk more about that. Uh, the day. Uh, so Jesus is coming. His second coming is an important Bible doctrine. However, we, we ask the question, can Pat Robertson or anyone else predict when the Lord will return? Uh, and and that's the, I think that's the key to this study, Josh. You, you just can't. It's not possible. Right. Yeah. yeah I, I mean, I thought about Second Peter 3, and, I, and we may reference this later too, but uh, in Second Peter 3 and verse 3, it says that there shall come in the last day scoffers, Verse 4, it says that people will say, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. And you get down to verse 10, and he says, but the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night. And it talks about the earth and all the things therein will be burned up. Yeah. Um, so it's going to come, and it's going to come like a thief in the night. Uh, you know, it, it's so simple, but if we knew when the thief was coming, we'd be there and be ready. But yeah. we yeah. don't know. They don't, they don't give an announcement when they're going to come. Notice what, what Paul said in 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 2, beginning, For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. For when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. So 
How does a thief come? Well, he doesn't give you an advanced warning. Right. You know, in fact, a thief, his his success is in the in the element of surprise. Right. You know, if if you knew he was coming at midnight tonight, if a thief is coming to your house, and he has let you know he's mm-hmm. going to be there at midnight tonight. He's not getting in. <laughs> no, you know, ready to be we're going to be we're going to be on guard against him. You know, so uh, so the, the very analogy there, the, the Lord will come as a thief in the night suggests there's no way to know. There's no way to predict. Pat Robertson can't predict that. Nobody else can predict that either. I really think it's interesting in that text, Josh. Notice when they shall say peace and safety. Then sudden destruction comes. Along. You know, it's it's not. You, you get the idea. Well, you're not going to be able to tell it's coming because of tumultuous world events, wars, and so forth. No, actually, Paul said it'll be a time when you don't expect it. Right. It'll be when you think everything's fine, peace and safety. Then it's going to yeah. come. So he said. And so I think it's interesting that people who want to make predictions make their predictions around troubling times. Paul said, I don't know what, and he said, we can't tell what it's going to be, but he said it's very likely people will be saying, oh, yeah, yeah. everything's fine, peace and safety, and then he's going to come. But no, that's, why it's so, that's why it's so funny. I don't know if funny is the right word, but they're looking for signs and, oh, this must mean it's happening. Yeah. And the Bible says that you're, you're not going to know. I was thinking about this, you know, so if I lived in a really bad, rough neighborhood, you know, so, okay, the chances of me getting robbed or something are, are pretty high because I'm living in a rough neighborhood. But even then, I still don't don't know for certain. I mean, I can probably guess. You know, I, one of these nights, I'm going to be robbed. Yeah. But you're still not going to know for certain. That's right. That's right. Uh, because any thief who tipped his hand as to when he's coming is going to end up in jail. Right. You know, he's not going to succeed. He's going to and and so again, if there was nothing else taught in the scripture. That analogy in itself should be enough to tell people, stop making wild guesses about when the Lord is going to come. You don't know. Nobody knows. Well, and part of it, too, is we're supposed to be ready all the time because we don't know. I mean, just just like in Second Peter 3 there, he says in verse 11, seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in all holy conversation and godliness? So Peter was saying, we don't know when he's going to come, but he's re- he's going to return. So you got to be ready. you got to be ready yeah. at all times. Yeah. Uh, you know, if, if you think about it, you can you can see God's wisdom in, in that mm-hmm. plan. Because if I knew he's not coming until April 23rd, 2025. So I got over three years here. Yeah. And and I can I can just live a reprobate life. Mm hmm. And then about a on month, on the twenty second, maybe. <laughs> yeah, or maybe a month or a day before he comes, I'll, I'll, I'll straighten up and I will get right. That would, yeah. I, I like the expression a friend of mine used years ago. That would be an invitation to low living. Mm-hmm. You know, God would be saying, "Well, here's when I'm coming," and He'd be telling everybody else, "Don't worry about it. Do 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 whatever you want. Live as wickedly as you please. Just make sure you're right by that date." Right. Uh, God wouldn't do that. And so I think we see his wisdom in leaving it as a subject mm-hmm. un, undefined. We know he's coming. We believe he's coming. Please, everyone understand. We believe that the Lord is coming and that there will be final judgment and that the physical universe will be destroyed. We're just saying it's not possible to predict that. Well, let's grab a break. And when we come back from this break, what we want to do is just just for... This, the sake of reference, we want to look at a bunch of places where 
people tried to guess and they missed it badly. We'll do that when we get back. Stick with us. Uh, Virtual Bibles, buddy, continues right after this. Are you listening? There's going to be a test on this stuff. Stay tuned. The Virtual Bible Study will be right back after this. Here's some quotes worth pondering. I do the very best I know how, the very best I can, and I mean to keep on doing so until the end. That was Abraham Lincoln. A man is known by the company he keeps and also by the company that he avoids. Be content with what you have, but not with what you are. Man, wish I'd said that. Here's a quick thought. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Philippians 2, verse 3. Here's a challenge for today. Put others before self. Determine to take the position of a servant. It's what Jesus did and what he calls us to do. That's true love. Think about it. Seize the day. Broadcasting around the world with truths that are out of this world. The Virtual Bible Study. Take it away, guys. And we're back on the Virtual Bible Study for March the 3rd. 2022 we're talking about the end of time and we've been discussing the idea that some people are trying to make wild guesses about when it might happen i think you got some email there uh josh i do dwight sent an email response uh to question one um he says the new testament does mention about christ's return but as for an exact end of time is going to be when we least expect it and he referenced matthew 24 44 uh, which says therefore you also be ready for the son of man is coming at an hour you do not expect uh, and then for question two, he said Matthew twenty four thirty six explicitly says, but of that day and hour no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, but my Father only. Uh, and he says there are numerous, numerous predictions that have been made in the past and even from Pat Robertson years ago, and you'd have thought he would have learned not to mess with God's word. So, uh, and I didn't, I didn't remember that, but Dwight points out that Pat Robertson, this is not the first time he said yeah, so something I, like that. Actually, yeah, I wrote, I wrote him down. Uh, so in 1976, <laughs> on the 700 Club program, he predicted that the world would end in 1982. And then in his 1990 book, The New Millennium, he suggested that on April 29th, you're almost, almost close to the, to the day. <laughs> he said on April 29th, 2007, that the world would end. So he's, he's already been wrong twice before yeah. that, you know, that we know of. You know, everybody who has ever made such a prediction has been proven That's wrong. Right. That's right. Because obviously none of them have, have, have come to pass. Some of the most famous predictors have been the Jehovah's Witnesses. And their their founder, Charles Taze Russell, made a real big prediction about the Lord that was going to come in 1914. Of course, 1914 came and went. <coughs> the Lord did not return. <coughs> Excuse me. So... In order to cover up that failure, the Jehovah's Witnesses said, well, he came, but just nobody saw him. <laughs> the only people who saw him were those who had the, quote, eye of faith. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, hang on to that. You know, nobody saw him. When we talk about how he's going to come back, we're going to show that that couldn't be. Right. So the Jehovah's Witnesses went on <coughs> to predict 1918, 1920, 1925, 1941, 1975. And I think the last time the Jehovah's Witnesses tried to predict the Lord's coming was in 1994. 
So what is that? Almost 30 years ago, uh, I think they finally wised up and said, you know, we better quit trying to make these guesses. It yeah. just doesn't work. Yeah. Uh, and more recently, so, some I had on my list, uh, Willie Day Smith, a chemical engineer from Texas Tech, who claimed himself to be an expert in Hebrew pneuma, uh, numerics, Hebrew numerics. In other words, he, he thought he could go to the Old Testament, add up the numbers. He said April 1st, 1980. April Fool's joke, maybe, but he, he predicted April 1st, 1980. Hal Lindsey, in a really well-published, uh, pub- publicized and circulated book, The Late Great Planet Earth, Hal Lindsey said it would be before December 31st in 1981. Ted Kresge was a karate instructor from St. Petersburg, Florida, he took out full-page ads in 40 major newspapers across the country saying that the Lord was going to return on June 20th, 1981. Edgar Wisenet, who uh, was a retiree from NASA, wrote a book entitled 88 Reasons Why the Rapture Will Be in 1988. And he said it was going to be on Tuesday, September 13th, 1988. Just keep multiplying the examples of people who tried to make these guesses and were just all wrong. I think some of our listeners probably recognize the website Bible.ca. It's a good resource. A preacher named Steve Rudd maintains Bible.ca in Canada. And I was looking at his website, and he's got literally hundreds of predictions that have been made going way back to early centuries of Christianity. So there's always been this tendency to try and make such predictions. They have all failed without a single exception. Yeah. Yeah. So in, so in my lifetime, uh, the year 2000, you know, I know that was a bit, everything's going to crash, the year 2000. And then 2011, you know, 2011 wasn't that long ago now, but everybody... Well, not everybody, but a lot of people were predicting in 2011 the world was going to end, but you're right. They've all been wrong. Yeah. Every single one of them has been wrong. Um, you know, it's and I've heard people say this, and I don't even know if it's a fair. If, if someone's predicting that it's going to be today, you can probably rest easy because it's probably not going to be today. Yeah, I tend to believe that too. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, again, that's that's I, I say that with tongue in cheek because we got to be ready any day. That's it right. could come yeah. any day. And the fact of the matter is, there's probably someone around the world predicting every day as the day. Uh, we just got to be ready. Yeah. Kyle, any thoughts? I mean, uh, <clears throat> we need to be ready every day. That's absolutely sure. But to say, like, you know, to Call up a radio station, get on the news, and shout from the rooftops. Like you know, this this is like it's coming. Like this this particular date. I mean, we we preach from our pulpits and our lessons here that we need to be prepared for the coming. We don't know when, but ultimately we got to be prepared. But I mean, that's that's what they need to be talking about. But they've built their entire ministry or these things upon the assumption of a rapture of the end times or tribulations and a thousand year reign and the antichrist coming and uh, so that they built their entire that's this lattice that's everything is structured upon this notion that an end time tribulation yeah. is coming. So they yeah. have to have, and they get a lot of that. They they get a lot of that speculation out of the Book of Revelation, which is obviously a very highly figurative book, and they try to grasp onto statements and 
expressions in the book of Revelation and try to make an application that was never intended. We've talked about that. We probably need to talk about Revelation again at some point in the future as to how it should be properly interpreted, but it is not to be taken. The book of Revelation was not talking about end times. Now, I think in the final couple chapters, he does mention the end and final judgment. But all of the signs and all of the uh, all of the trials and tribulations that were going to come in the in the early chapters of the book of Revelation have nothing to do with the end of time. They have to come. They have to do with God's judgment against the Jewish nation and the Roman Empire. We can talk more about that at another time. Um, question three: Many predictions of the end time are based upon statements by Jesus in Matthew chapter twenty-four. How is this text misused by those making predictions? Well, I, I do think that Matthew 24 is sort of a hotbed for th- these sort of the, the 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 germination of these kind of wild predictions. Um, read with me. The chapter starts out Matthew 24 verse one. Jesus went out and departed from the temple, and his disciples came to him to, for to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said to them, See ye not all these things? Verily I say unto you, There shall not be left here one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. So notice where they were. They were in Jerusalem. They were at the temple in Jerusalem. And the disciples were very impressed with the. You know, it was a very amazing sight apparently the the temple now this is remember this is not solomon's temple solomon's temple was torn down by the babylonians this was the temple that was constructed later and actually had gone through a, a, an enormous renovation under herod the great uh, in 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 the first century bc herod the great had done a massive job of rebuilding the temple in jerusalem and it apparently was a very impressive place the disciples were obviously themselves impressed with it. And so they, they came to him to show him the buildings of the temple. Now, Jesus said, see ye not all these things. What, what things? Well, the temple, the, the temple and the temple grounds, all of, all of the, see ye not all these things? Verily I say to you, there shall not be left here one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. What's Jesus talking about? He's talking about the fact that the temple is going to be destroyed. Every bit of it is going to be destroyed. There wouldn't be one stone left standing on top of another. Verse 3, the disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us, when shall these things be, and what shall be the sign of thy coming and of the end of the world? Now, my understanding, I'm going to explain this the way I understand it. I think it's accurate. The disciples had unknowingly asked him about two separate events. In their Jewish mind, they imagined the the temple. The temple is the be-all. The temple is the end-all. If the temple is going to be destroyed, surely that is the end of the world. Yeah. And so they they linked they they erroneously linked those two things, but they had actually asked him about two separate things. When's when's this going to happen? When shall these things be? When's the temple going to be torn down? And what shall be the sign of thy coming in the end of the world? That's the second question. That's well, a separate question. Jesus understood those two things weren't synonymous. Yeah, they didn't, but he did. They they right. saw that. They in their mind imagined. That that would be the, the temple will stand until the world ends in, in their Jewish mind. So Jesus began to answer the first question. The first question was about when will the temple be torn down? 
And he actually said there were, he actually described a bunch of signs that were going to be indicators that the, the temple destruction is about to happen. Verse 5, he said there would be religious deceivers and false Christ. Verse 6, which always comes to play at times like these that we're in right now. He said there will be wars and rumors of wars. Verse 7, there will be famines and pestilences and earthquakes. Well, we've just gone through the pestilence of COVID-19. We're all the time hearing about earthquakes. You know, I, you know, I, I really think the reason why we hear more about earthquakes is because we got a lot better detection equipment than than yeah. used to have. And the news is on. You know, we can have, we can have a detector here that detects an earthquake on the other side of the earth. That didn't always. Right. That was that's a new development. But he said there would be famines, pestilence, earthquakes. Verse nine, there would be persecution of Christians. Well, we see that happening. Verse 10, many people will leave the faith. We see that happening. Verse 11, there will be false prophets. So Jesus states some signs that were going to take place. But real importantly, in verse 34, and I just don't understand why people can't grasp this. In verse 34 of Matthew 24, he just listed those signs that we mentioned. Religious deceivers, false Christ, wars, rumors of wars, famines, pestilence, earthquakes, persecution of Christians, many leaving the faith, false prophets will arise. In verse 34, then, having listed all of those things, he said, Verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass till all these things be fulfilled. Jesus said everything that he'd talked about up to that point in time was going to happen in their generation. Well, here we are 2,000 years later. How is that so? Yes, obviously, he wasn't talking about the end of the world. He wasn't talking about Russia invading Ukraine. I'll tell you that for sure. Because whatever he was talking about, and I think we know what he was talking about. He was talking about the destruction of Jerusalem. He was talking about the temple being torn down. That came to pass in that generation. We know that the Roman armies besieged the city of Jerusalem, conquered it, and and leveled it, leveled the temple site. Uh, historians, I think kind of an interesting little insight that historians say that the Roman soldiers actually literally fulfilled Jesus' prophecy because they knew that there was a lot of gold and precious metals in, in, in the temple. And historians say they literally went through turning over every stone looking to see if they could find a little bit of gold or silver or something they could scavenge from the site. And they, they brought to fulfillment Jesus' prediction exactly. So, in Matthew 24, the verses that everybody wants to seize upon to suggest that, oh, yeah, this is the end of time. Russia's invading Ukraine. It's a war. There's wars. There's rumors of war. We've just been through the pestilence of the COVID-19. Every day, nearly, there's an earthquake somewhere. This has got to be the end of time. No. And all of those things, we, all those things that are mentioned were things leading up to the destruction of Jerusalem in 70 A.D. All right. It's time for us to grab another break. When we come back from this break, let's talk about what else is mentioned in Matthew 24. Uh, and, and I think it's really interesting as we look at that chapter that is, again, sadly, so often misused. Stick with us. We'll be back on the Virtual Bible Study after these messages. After these important messages, we'll be back to take your comments. Email them during this break. This is Stephen Nicholson, a member of the College View Church of Christ, and I want to invite you to be a regular participant on the virtual Bible study. Your input by way of emails and phone calls are always welcome during the live program. We're also open to your suggestions about possible topics for discussion on upcoming editions of the program. We'd love to hear from you anytime. 
This is Greg Wynn with this week's Bullet Point. Our Bullet Point this week comes from the pen of Steve Harden. Often we hear someone say, I'm not getting anything out of my Bible class. When this happens, what is the cause? There may be many causes. One could obviously be that the teacher is not prepared and that he is not doing a good job in presenting the material. However, even if this is the case, still as a Bible student, I can learn much in the class if I do the proper kind of preparation and study for the class at home. I believe that probably more often than not, the problem lies more in the other direction. The person who makes this statement may in fact be putting little or nothing into the class. They come without studying and expect the teacher to suddenly excite them about this subject and fill them with knowledge. This will not happen if we do not show enough interest at home to prepare for the class. Also, how many parents are concerned enough about their children's souls that they make sure they're getting their lessons and bringing their books? Are we wasting time and losing our children in our indifference? That's this week's bullet point. Think about it. A streaming Bible study. Why didn't I think of that? Now back to the guys. And we're back on the Virtual Bible Study. I want to remind you that the Virtual Bible Study is brought to you this time each week by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. Find out more about us at the College View Church of Christ. Go to our website, collegeview.com. Always have to remind people, College View is spelled funny. College View, V-U-E on the end, College View. Uh, but you can find a lot of information, a lot of resources on there, Kyle. Uh, you know, we think the Virtual Bible Study is a good resource, but we got a lot of resources on collegeview.com, too. Yeah, which there's tons. There's um, there's a wealth of stuff for our past sermons on our College View website. Yeah, but then there's links to our various our two YouTube channels, and there's um, tons of uh, stuff on the College View live stream. So it's yeah, all kinds of stuff on there. Yeah, remember we've got two YouTube channels. We try to always remind people that you're watching. If you're watching the virtual Bible study, you're watching on the virtual Bible study web uh, uh, stream on YouTube. But we have another YouTube channel called College View Livestream. So you can search for either one of them or you can find links to them on our website at collegeview.com. We've just recently gone through a revamping of our website and, and, uh, I think it looks better and is more functional. And so if you haven't been on our website at collegeview.com, do that and check out, uh, that new layout. We're talking about, uh, the end of time predictions and it's coming up just as it always does whenever there's the outbreak of military fighting or warring in different parts of the world it almost always comes up that somebody wants to predict these are the end times and uh, we're just pointing out that no one has the ability to make such predictions you got anything on email there on on question three Uh, no no oh yeah yeah question three is what we're on okay um so we were looking at matthew 24 Jesus gives some predictions. Remember, we think Jesus was answering two questions. The disciples asked, when shall these things be? He had just predicted the destruction of the temple. They said, when shall these things be? He answers that question. These things are coming in your lifetime, in this generation. And they did. The temple was destroyed in 70 AD by the Roman armies. But their second question, I I, I really don't think they understood they were asking about two separate events. But the second question was, what shall be the sign of thy coming? And the end of the world, and I, in, in my view, Jesus takes a takes a, a step back and changes the topic at verse thirty six in Matthew twenty four. I think at verse thirty six he begins to answer the second question: What shall uh, what shall be the sign of the coming and end of the world? Jesus said, "Of that day and hour knoweth no man, no not the angels of heaven, but my Father only." 
as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark and knew not until the flood came and took them all away. So shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Uh, uh, he goes on. Uh, Verse 42, watch therefore, for ye know not what hour your Lord doth come. He says, know this, if the good man of the house had known what watch, uh, the, had known in what watch the thief would come, he would have watched, would not have suffered his house to be broken up. Therefore be ye also ready, for in such an hour as you think not, the Son of Man cometh. Um, so uh, in answer to this second question they ask, what shall be the sign of thy coming and the end of the, of the world? Jesus said, nobody knows. No, there will be no sign. Uh, again, that, that has, that's, that's just really troubles me that there's been so many attempts to predict the end when Jesus so plainly said yeah. you can't do it. Well, he, you can tell he's talking about two different things because he, with the destruction of Jerusalem, he, these are the signs and then, you get over here, and he says, "Well, nobody knows. I mean, there there's, no, no there's no signs going to yeah. be given." And yeah. he words it. I mean, he words it that only the Father knows. Yeah. In, in verse 36. So, why in the world would we go and try to listen to, you know, Pat Robertson or anybody, and when they try to predict something, when Jesus said, "Nobody knows but my Father. No you, man knows." You know, in reality, if if Pat Robertson or any of the other people that we see on TV and hear on the radio or who publish documents, if we see them making such prediction it ought to be immediately tell it ought to immediately tell us these people don't know what they're talking about right. these people are false teachers because the scriptures plainly says you can't do that yeah, they're contradicting what jesus said yeah yeah um now i gotta say that not everyone sees matthew 24 the way that we just described it and and i know that there are some people who want to suggest that jesus that, that the whole context of that is discussing the destruction of Jerusalem. I just do not see that. I've never been able to make sense of it that way. Uh, now, in some of the other gospel accounts of the same exchange between Jesus and his disciples, it seems clear that he, that their coverage, uh, for instance, in Luke, his coverage seems to be exclusively about the destruction of Jerusalem. But we understand that the different gospel writers covered events they, they didn't cover them in a contradictory way but they didn't cover them all identically and so you can sort of put them all together they all harmonize and and so it, it may in fact be possible that in a, in a in a separate gospel account maybe in luke that it's all talking about the destruction of jerusalem i don't think so here in matthew 4, 24 not at all yeah no i mean verse 44 talks about the son of man coming i i definitely think that's jesus referencing himself and his his return yeah all right, so we've answered the first three questions. We got anything else there, an email or anything, Josh? I think we're all caught up. Okay. The chat room is deadly quiet. <laughs> uh, if you all get in the chat room, give us some feedback. Uh, question four, what do we know about how Jesus will return? Well, one thing is that we know that he's going to come He's going to be. It's going to be visible when he comes. And you already read, Josh, in Acts chapter one, verses ten and eleven, when Jesus was ascending into heaven, while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up. Behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, "Ye men of Israel, why stand ye gazing into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven." 
And so it's going to be a visible event. And the idea that that Charles Taze Russell said, well, he came, nobody saw him. That just doesn't harmonize with the scripture. No. No, so I've, I've got First Thessalonians 4, beginning at verse 13. Um, Paul said, I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. Then, then here's the details. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. I mean, Paul says it's, the Lord's going to descend from heaven with a shout, the voice of the archangel, the trump of God, the dead in Christ will rise first at that time. I mean, there'd have to be a whole lot of... Uh, well, you know, just that last part, <laughs> that just that last part. I wonder where I wonder how Charles Taze Russell would explain the dead will rise first. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. He may have, and I'm not sure of that. Somebody listening might give us a, a heads up. He may have said that that there was a resurrection of certain dead people. I, I don't think so, but it might be. But so, uh, Josh, what's the uh, uh, what's the shout going to sound like? What's the voice of the archangel sound like? What's the trump of God sound like? Don't know, but I know we're going to hear it. That's right. <laughs> I think that's the right answer. I'm not sure what they what they will sound like, but I'm satisfied we will hear it when it happens. Yeah, yeah I, I totally agree. I don't think it's we're, gonna, we're not going to miss that. And in that, uh, uh, he he's coming in the clouds. It says there, and Matthew 16 verse 27 says he's coming with the holy angels. Matthew sixteen twenty seven, for the Son of Man shall come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then shall he reward every man according to his work. And so the the, the angelic host will yeah. uh, attend him when he returns. Yeah, Second Thessalonians one mentions the same thing that that Jesus uh, in verse seven, when the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels and flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. So yeah, he's he's coming with, as you said, the whole host of angels. You know that. I, typically, as human beings, what we like to do is try to relate things to something that we have previously experienced. Mm-hmm. This we can't do. I know. This, because this has never happened before, it's going to happen at some point in the future, and it's a one yeah, and done deal. It's going to be all the time. Yeah. Uh, so, again, we won't miss it, and we need to be ready for it. Kyle, thoughts? No, it's, you know, we, of course, we have songs and we have things that we try to give, uh, try to give something of, of picture of what this will look like and you know which it'll just be even the cloudiest day it'll just it'll it'll no matter if you're buried underground if you're in a bunker you know thousands of feet below the earth you're going to know that jesus has returned so it's going to be everyone will know even if you're already dead you're going to know that jesus is returning in john chapter 5 uh uh, Jesus said in verse 28, Marvel not at this, for the hour is coming. It's going to all happen at once. The hour is coming in which all that are in the grave shall hear his voice and shall come forth. They that have done good to the resurrection of life and they that have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation. Um, so let's, let's use that statement as a springboard to our last question, which I actually think is the most important question and that is, what do we know about why Jesus will return and what kind of things will happen when he does? We're going to grab our last break. When we come back, let's go to the, to the end of the program discussing the important reasons why Jesus is returning again.
Stay with us. We'll be back on the virtual Bible study. You won't want to miss what we talk about next. The discussion continues right after these important messages. Hi, my name is Bob Tidwell, and I want to remind you that the Virtual Bible Study provides a great opportunity to use your computer for something good. So turn off the TV and guide your family around the computer each Thursday night for the Virtual Bible Study. We're tracking the trends on the Virtual Bible Study. According to a recent survey, only 35% of American Christians find attending religious services to be an essential aspect of being a Christian. Most Americans who responded to that survey expressed their conviction that church-going is optional, not essential. It's good for Christians who want it, but not necessary for Christians who don't. That information is via Pew Research. The Word of God says in Hebrews 10, verse 25, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another. And whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. Colossians 3, 17. Now back to the program. And we're back for the final segment of the virtual Bible study for March the 3rd, 2022. Thanks for being with us on the virtual Bible study tonight. If you're listening live, if you're listening in the archive, we're glad that you can do that as well. Uh, we always seek your feedback. If, if you have something to say about what we've said, even to the point if you disagree with something we've said, we would, we would welcome that. If we're wrong, we want to know that we're wrong and we'd be glad to engage you in a discussion of these things. If, if there's something we've said wrong we'll correct it but we'd be glad to 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 study with you please let us know um so the final point here uh the final question we ask in our update today is what i think is the most important thing it's not important to try and know when he's coming because we can't you know that that's seemingly that's what everybody wants to put the emphasis on they want to figure out when he's coming that's not we can't do that, so it's obviously not important for us to be able to. If it was important for us to be able to do that, God would have made it possible. And he didn't, and therefore that's not an important thing. What is important is to know why he's coming so that we can be prepared, Josh. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, in, in Dwight's response, I'll go ahead and read that uh, to number five. He says, Jesus will return uh, to judge the world. Uh, and he says, he references 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 10, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. And so I, I think your point's right. I, people are focusing on when exactly it's going to come, and let's try to predict it, I guess, so that they can scramble around and try to get things together. But, yeah, uh, yeah I mean, just, just like his response. And when Paul wrote that, he says in verse 11 of 2 Corinthians 5, he said, Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. Exactly. You know, so they were they were teaching people get your life right, keep your life right, because Jesus is coming and we're going to be we're going to be judged and we're going to have to answer for the things that we've done. All right. So I think I think first of all we know he's coming to raise the dead, as we said from John five twenty eight and twenty nine. As Dwight said, he's coming to judge all men. That's the that's the key right there. He's coming to judge all men. And in the chat room, uh, Dwight references Romans fourteen verse twelve: Every knee shall bow, mm-hmm. every tongue shall confess. Uh, and uh, obviously, sadly, for a lot of people, it'll be too late at that point. But they're right. going to recognize the reality that Jesus is the Lord, and uh, and they're going to sadly recognize that they had failed to submit to Him. But He's coming to raise the dead, judge all men. I think it's important to note that He's coming to destroy the world, to destroy all the physical universe. We've already mentioned in our study tonight, Josh, Second Peter three ten. The day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, 
and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. That is such plain uh, language. I don't know. You'd have to have help to misunderstand it. The, The Jehovah's Witnesses would try to help you misunderstand that. The Jehovah's Witnesses do not think the world is going to be destroyed. Uh, they say just all the evil things in the world will be purged or destroyed. Well, uh, the verse says the earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. So the evil works in the world will be burned up. But it says the earth is going to be burned up too. And so, you know, the Jehovah's Witnesses have that they have a very peculiar doctrine that in the end, only a few select people will go to heaven. Uh, they they have a number in mind, 144,000. They get that number from a figurative expression in two different places in the book of Revelation. They believe that only 144,000 will go to heaven. The rest of the righteous will inherit the earth. The Lord will refashion the earth. The Lord will. I, I, I've heard him explain that he's going to put it back into the condition that it was in when Adam and Eve were in the Garden of Eden, pristine, perfect. Uh, and the, the, with the exception of 144,000 that go to heaven, the rest of the righteous will inherit the earth. That's just not true. And, and, and whenever you study with the Jehovah's Witnesses, Second Peter 3, verse 10, which says the earth and the elements therein, the earth and the works that are therein shall be burned up, that's a verse they can't deal with. They yeah. just don't have an answer for that. Yeah. You know, kind of coming full circle, uh, time will end because time is a physical thing. The physical world is what... You know, we measure time by the universe. Right. Well, and, and and so in this passage in verse eight, uh, Peter talks about you know, be not ignorant of this one thing that one day is with the Lord is a thousand years, a thousand years is one day, and he's mentioning time and time periods and how that doesn't affect God. But, but basically, he's saying, us. yeah, God's not limited. That's by right. Time. And so when the earth and the works that are going to be burned up, time's over at that yeah. point. There's yeah. no there's no physical elements anymore. Yeah, yeah exactly right. Exactly right. We, when the Lord comes, the physical universe will be destroyed. There's just no doubt about that from a biblical perspective. And then I would add one more observation. It goes to the idea of judgment. In judgment, God is going to save the righteous and the wicked will be condemned. Matthew 25, beginning verse 31. When the Son of Man, when the Son of Man shall come in his glory... And all the holy angels with him. Then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory, and before him shall be gathered all nations, and he shall separate them one from another, as a shepherd divideth his sheep from the goats. And he shall set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left. Then shall the king say to them on his right hand, Come, ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. And then he shall say to them on the left hand, Depart from me, ye cursed into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels." That's the key right there. The purpose of his coming is judgment and the reward of the righteous and the punishment of the wicked. It doesn't get more important than right. that. Yeah. That, one thing I put down, I mean, we've already talked about it, but uh, in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 24, Paul talked about how the kingdom would be delivered to God. You know, yeah. so that's when it's all the same things. When yeah. judgment happens, Jesus is going to deliver up the kingdom to God, the Father. Yeah. You know, uh, and we've got just a, a couple minutes left. And we, uh, we've covered the topic. I think we've got it. I think we've nailed it down, Josh. I, I just the, the, all this idea about predictions of the end time are just so flawed. And and again, if you hear a, a religious teacher trying to suggest that he knows anything about predicting the end of time, 
then you need to just turn that off, turn away from that guy doesn't know what he's talking about. He's a false teacher. Uh, and I, I think we've shown that from the scriptures very plainly. A lot of this is tied up with the with the theory of premillennialism. And we've talked on the virtual Bible study uh, about premillennialism in the past. In fact, you could go to our archives and, and just put in that search term premillennialism and it, it will come up. We've had some programs on that. But the, if, if you just want to sort of get a picture of what the premillennialists teach, they suggest that at some time in the future they think the near future they they would make these predictions you know maybe this war in ukraine is is an indication this is about to happen they claim there's going to be a rapture now this this concept is not taught in the new testament but they claim that what's going to happen is the lord is going to catch away all of the righteous people they're going to go to be with him and 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 that's going to leave the world in a terrible condition as you as you might imagine, all the good people are gone, only the wicked people are left, and there's going to be seven years of terrible tribulation on earth. By the way, uh, th- there was a series of books and movies made from the books called the Left Behind series. The Left Behind series was based upon that false idea of a rapture, and those left behind, what would happen to them in that time of tribulation? So there, a rapture. The righteous caught away, seven years of tribulation on earth. Then the Lord's going to come back. He's going to come back, as we've read, he's going to come back with his angels, with all of the resurrected saints. There's going to be a great battle, the battle of Armageddon, which is figuratively mentioned in the book of Revelation. It wasn't even talking about the end of time. But there's going to be this great battle of Armageddon. All the forces of evil will be combined together to fight against Jesus but Jesus will prevail. It'll be a bloody thing. You know, again, using some of the figurative expressions in the book of Revelation, blood will run as deep as the horse's bridles. I mean, that massive destruction and annihilation. Jesus will win that great battle, and he will set up his throne in Jerusalem. David's throne in Jerusalem will be restored. And Jesus will sit on David's restored throne in Jerusalem, and he will reign on earth for a period of a thousand years. There's your millennium. It's premillennialism. There's your millennial part of it. Jesus is going to literally reign on earth for a period of a thousand years. There's only one place in all the Bible that I know that talks about a thousand years. It's Revelation chapter 20. Again, it's a, it's a misapplication of a figurative passage in Revelation chapter 20. At the end of the thousand years, then there will be the resurrection of, of the, of the wicked dead. Remember, the righteous dead were resurrected at the rapture time. So, if you think about that, the righteous were resurrected. There were seven years of tribulation and then a thousand year reign. So, the, the righteous were re- resurrected and a thousand and seven years later, the wicked were resurrected, and there'd be final judgment then, and assignment either to heaven or hell. It's 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 premillennialism because the millennium comes before the final judgment. There are there are some who believe in postmillennialism that the 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 millennial reign will come after the, the the judgment. There's no there's no indication that there's going to be a millennial reign of Christ on earth. Yeah. Um, but 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 again, Jesus said. The hour is coming in which all that are in the grave shall come forth, the mm-hmm. wicked unto destruction, the righteous unto to reward. 
premillennialism is wrong. It's got the he's yeah. got a thousand and seven years between the two resurrections. But again, a, a lot of those pre, and so many of our religious neighbors believe in premillennialism, and it's all tied up in these false predictions about the end. Yeah. And and in order to come to those predictions, they're going to really twist and misuse things in revelation a lot of of problems with that as you were as you were talking about it jesus isn't gonna step foot on this earth again back in first thessalonians 4 and verse 17 uh, it says that we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the lord in the air and so shall we ever be with the lord yeah so when jesus returns he's not going to set foot back on the earth we'll meet him in the air exactly Uh, so obviously he's not going to be able to come back to the earth and reign for however long or any time at all exactly right Kyle, any thoughts? Any final thoughts from you? Uh, I think it's a, it's this is a good study. It's an important study. I think we need to make sure that we understand when Jesus is coming back, why is he coming back, and uh, the nature of his return. And it's not going to be uh, we can't put a we can't put a you know, mark it on our calendars and yeah. our Google calendars. We can't say, oh, Jesus is coming back this day, so we're going to be ready. So just make sure we're ready all the time. It's exactly right. Yeah. Exactly right. Thanks, Kyle. Thanks for your help. Yeah. Josh, thanks for your help getting the program on tonight. Yeah, I sure appreciate you uh, inviting me to be here. It's been uh-huh. good. Lord willing, we'll be back next week for another episode of the Virtual Bible Study, Thursday nights at 8 o'clock Central. That's 9 o'clock Eastern Time. Uh, and we'll be looking forward to you joining us for another important, informative study of God's Word. Until that time, read and study your Bible. Live by it every day. You'll never regret it. Thanks for listening to the Virtual Bible Study, brought to you by the College View Church of Christ. The College View Church of Christ meets at 1618 Hampshire Pike in Columbia, Tennessee. If you are in the Columbia, Tennessee area, we encourage you to worship with the College View Church of Christ on Sunday mornings at 930 and on Sunday evenings at 6 o'clock. The College View Church of Christ also welcomes you to attend their Wednesday night Bible studies at 7 o'clock. If you have any questions about something that was said on tonight's broadcast or would like more information about the College View Church of Christ, please call 931-381-4567. That number again, 931-381-4567. Or for more information on the internet, visit collegeview.com. Be sure to tune into the virtual Bible study this time next Thursday for another informative study of God's Word.